Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Right then, welcome back to Stratford Paddock. This is The Brew, and I'm not there, but I'm here. Sort of. All right? How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I haven't quite got a brew. It's a bit, it's a bit hot, you see. How so is I've it? Got nicely cooled. You can see the, con- oh, yeah. the condensation on my can there. Little condensation. That's, all, that's what it is. Before the is World it, Cup started, that's not gonna, where you are. No, it's not that. It's absolutely freezing. The condensation on the can is fully frozen at this point. And it's at minus four this morning when I woke up. Uh, th- all the talk before the tournament was about like people staying in like little paper houses with like IKEA beds in it. But you, you're living the life of luxury there. What's all that about? Well, I'm in Dubai at the moment. Oh, well, <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely living it up, aren't you? This is Stephen Housen, not even living his best life, living anyone's best life. How has it been? Has it just been unbelievable? Yeah. Coming live from Patrice Everett's front room. So, yeah. Is that true? All right, I guess. Turn your camera around. Let's see if we can get any sort of like <laughs> Champions League final h- hints. <laughs> is that actually his, his, his front room? I'm in Patrice Everett's front room. <laughs> That is so good. That is so good. I want to see. There's got to be a. He's looking left. Right. So you're you're house sitting Patrice Everest house in Dubai right now. Well, no, well, I'm going in like what half an hour or something like that. If you probably by then. if you said to the 2008 Stephen Housen that was getting all sorts of planes, trains, and automobiles back to watch Patrice Everett in the semi final against Barcelona in 2008. That in 14 years' time, you would be house-sitting for him in Dubai because you're at the World Cup. I think he would have shit his pants. How is this your life? Okay, do you want to draw me a picture to how that happened? I don't know how this happened. The sort of social and and sort of uh, friendship roadmap that you've taken to get there is truly impressive. And I I must say, I I couldn't be more jealous. Um, Obviously, you've been out there in the World Cup. Get no games for the last day or two, which was almost like well, I thought there was meant to be a World Cup on. How come there's not 50 games a day? But England coming back tomorrow, how excited are you for that? Are you bothered? How do you see Rashford, Shaw, Maguire sort of slotting in up against I'm France? excited for the game. I mean, obviously, I don't really give a shit about England, but it's a hell of a game of football. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm going. 
we've been get, we've done all right on tickets. I think I've been to seven games, which is probably more than I thought I would get to go to. Yeah. Um, so I'm hopeful, but not expectant that I'll get a ticket. Um, I've actually asked, I put the feelers out just for content purposes, because we do like match day 360, don't we, when we go to the England games with Joel and, and Rio on five. Yeah. I put the feelers out and said, look, if you can get me a Portugal-Morocco ticket, because they might be in, in less demand, mm. I'll happily go to that instead. Um, because I think that'd be a great game as well. Um, I'm not actually there for the two games that are on today, Brazil, Argentina, Croatia, um, Netherlands. I'm, I'll be flying back, so I'm going to miss both of those games. I'm a bit pissed off about that, but... Yeah. Yo, let's be honest, it's the worst jobs out there, isn't it? Yeah, you're doing all right. I'll tell you one thing I do like about this World Cup in terms of its location is I like that it's a one-country World Cup. Because if you think, like you were saying Basically there, like... City. Yeah, well, exactly. Like you were saying one then, city World Cup. if I can do that, I'll do it. If not, I'll go to the other game. If this was the, the, the next World Cup and you and someone was like, well, if I can't go to one quarterfinal, I'll go to the other. They could be 2,000 miles apart if one's in Mexico, one's in Canada. Whereas this, it's like, yeah. you can go to pretty much any game you can get a ticket for. That is quite good, isn't it? Yeah. I know there's a few people who have managed to do multiple games in a day. Um, Doha's weird. Everywhere's 20 minutes away. Like the, the apartment block opposite you is 20 minutes away and the game <laughs> in another stadium in another part of the city is 20 minutes away. Um, we went and did some some shit in a desert the other day and the guy was explaining to me that if you've got an hour and you go east, you'll hit the coast. If you have an hour and you go north, you'll hit the coast. If you have an hour, you go south, you'll hit the coast. Uh, and, and Doha's kind of on the east coast anyway. It, it's that small of a place. Doha's like a big city. Yeah. But that's all there is in Qatar, pretty much. He's just Doha. Yeah. Um, so there's all of the World Cup stadiums, like Albat, where fucking England are playing all the time. That's not connected to the metro system. So you have to get a car up there. So that's a little bit of a nose. Yeah. Uh, and getting out of there again. Like th the games finish at midnight over here. So you're looking at 3 a.m. to get home. But, yeah. That's a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been cool that they're all sort of in one location. Um, and the stadiums, they're brand new, they're fantastic. They're, you, know, they're, you can see where they spent their money, put it that yeah. way. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a shame that the format's changing for the next World Cup because I'm, I fucking, I love the way that there's jeopardy in the final game of the groups here. Like yeah. there's some groups where all four teams could have gone through. I know. Well, did you see, I, th I think it was the, the Costa Rica, Spain, Germany, and was it Japan all in one group? Um, and that, the, I saw a graph after the, the final game and it was like Spain and Germany, then Spain and Costa Rica, then Japan and Costa Rica, then Germany. Like the ups and downs in that were sensational and obviously it led to a, a brilliant watch. But yeah, next next one, it's like if you draw all three games, you're probably going to go through. That's just a bit crap, isn't it? Well, no, I'm still filming, but it's, it's more low-key. <laughs> Come on then, who's that? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's... <laughs> oh, you brought me flowers. Yeah, no chance. Who's that then? Special guest? <laughs> Bring the flowers, show me the flowers. It's not Ever, is it? No, it's not Patrice. Oh, damn it. Oh. It's a different yeah, Ever. Interesting. I don't so, know what's well, going on, but I'm scared. Um, so talk about this England-France game. Who's oh, winning well, well, it? How's it going to go down? Which one? England-France. He's got to be very tight. Mm. Um, Southgate's gone with the back four, played pretty much 4 3 3, 4 2 3 1 in all of the games up to this point because England were probably expected to dominate the ball. I don't know if they will against France. 
Uh, and people were like, oh, they obviously won't against France. France don't necessarily dominate the ball either. They like to play into a little bit of space to utilize the likes of Dembele and Mbappe. So it might be two teams that don't really want to dominate the ball because neither of them wants to get a, a very high line. Mm. So it could be a really weird game in that sense. And we've also not seen Southgate utilize the back three that he's utilized probably far more than any other formation that he's had since he's been England manager. And I think it'd be a good opportunity to deploy that. I think the midfield of England is probably the strongest part. Yeah. I think I could even make a, a perfectly valid case to play Jordan Henderson um, and it would be the correct decision. Yeah. Um, but I think the most important decision for him is that whether it's a three or a two up front, Marcus Rashford has to play because you have to have some in-behind pace. Like, I reckon Varane knows the, the lethality of Marcus yeah. from the halfway line, and I reckon he thinks, I don't beat him in a foot race. No. Uh, and that, that is a massive, massive weakness um, for France if they decide, if Southgate has got the fucking stones to actually play him, that is. And it could go down to a mistake. It could go down to a moment of magic, and there's players on both sides who could do that. I, I lean like 60-40 in favour of France, but England going through is not crazy. No. That, like you said, it, the, the, the Rashford pace thing, Foden obviously is a silkier dribbler. He's got better sort of vision and passing than Rashford. But on a, from the halfway line, balls in behind, balls over the top, there's very few people in the world that are as good as Rashford at doing that. One of them is on the other side in, in Mbappe. Everyone's made this massive thing about Mbappe versus Walker, but... It's not just going to be that, is it? It's going to, there's, there's a lot more to do than just stick Kyle Walker on him and we'll be all right. How big of a concern, or I say concern, assuming you would prefer England to win, do you think Mbappe is? It's a massive assumption to make, Joe, because uh, I actually couldn't give a fuck who wins. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that might be an option as well. <laughs> like, literally, here's my whole, like, in, in as capsule nutshell as possible. Manchester United are winning this World Cup and I don't care which representative of Manchester United wins it. Yeah. Whoever it is. If it's Varane, if it's whoever. See, looking at their team from the Poland game, it was uh, uh, Hernandez on that, on that left-hand side for uh, France, who obviously is very quick, plays Frazee in Milan. But he's, I, I still don't think... When, when you're spinning players, when you're turning, having to go from facing the opposition goal to turning and then facing your own goal... I still think Rashford's going to do a job there. Do you think he will play him? Because I thought he had to play him after he got the brace through the week and then into that game against um, uh, Senegal, he's back out of the team again. What do you expect from that? I honestly don't know what to expect with Southgate. Like, yeah. I think there's, there's, there's two major decisions in the team and that's it. I think he's only got two decisions to make. One is it three or a four at the back. Yeah. Or a five or a four at the back, let's be honest. And the other one is, do I start Marcus or do I not start Marcus? I don't know how you don't. I don't, I don't know how you don't, unless, because loads of people's like, oh, he's saving him for France. So why didn't he save Harry Kane for France? Like, as soon as the game was won, why didn't he just go, get everybody off? I mean, I know he made subs, but it wasn't like, okay, protect. So those are the two decisions he's got to make. Everything else is a, if they're fit, they're playing, don't worry about it. Yeah. Pretty sure. So, no, I think those are the two, the two massive uh, decisions that he has to make. And I, I don't know. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Which way he's going to swing on him? It literally could go either way on both of those decisions. This if he is... plays a back three, yeah. I think that's probably the right decision. But if then he doesn't play Marcus as a two, him and Harry Kane could be devastated. Look at Harry Kane and Son. Marcus has got very, very similar attributes to, to human Son. And the, the slingshot sort of motion as Kane peels off into the space and then pops one over the top. Kane's playmaking is well underrated. Yeah. I think he's, he's leaned on that a lot more as he's gotten older as well, hasn't he? He's, he's become more of a sort of playmaking number nine than that like focal target man that he used to be. I think that's why he's scoring less goals, but yeah. getting more assists. Um, this is, this ma- I mean, I think that Kyle Walker versus Mbappe, speed-wise, mentality-wise, trickery-wise, is, is a relatively sort of level matchup. My bigger concern... Is is Luke Shaw going to be defensively up for it enough to go up against Dembele? I think that could be where. That's why you play a back three. Yeah, that where they could really get some some leeway there because we know Luke Shaw's good going forward, but when he's sort of can't, in his can't be arse mode, him versus Dembele really worries me. Do you think that could be a big battle down that side? Yeah, Luke Shaw's been England's most effective player in terms of creating chances at the World Cup. Um, so you don't want to lose that. Yeah. Uh, and I would argue that even though he's not played every game, I don't think he's played every game at least anyway, uh, Kieran Trippier with his delivery from set pieces is an absolute asset. So you've got to look at what what things could win the game for England. And I say Luke Shaw's chance creation, yeah. Harry Kane's playmaking and finishing, Marcus Rashford's pace, Trippier with his threat on the counter, Cal Walker to stop um, Mbappe, and Jude Bellingham just to provide a, a sprinkle of magic and class. Yeah. And I think that potentially wins the game for England. When you look at how you could lose the game for England, yeah. I think if you play, it's not just say, oh, Foden, because he's not, he's not he's a bad player. I just think he's unsuited to the system. I think you need to be able to play to beat France. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he suits a, a t- like you don't see like just roll it like this like look at some of the games at the Etihad United versus City Solskjaer versus Guardiola when we were successful in them yeah Phil Foden 70% of the ball ineffective Marcus Rashford one or two opportunities wins the game yeah that is how I see this game going down to something of that sort of nature do I think Foden's better than Marcus at this stage I might do you know honestly I think yeah. he's probably a better all-round footballer but the attributes that Marcus has got make him a match winner in this particular circumstance. So you've got to play Marcus. Um, but by the same rule, you play Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire in a back four against Giroud, Dembele and Mbappe, I know. you might get what's fucking coming to you, in all yeah. honesty. I was thinking this about Giroud earlier. I was thinking like, do you know, you see that meme all the time of like, if you watch Olivier Giroud's highlights, you'd think he was the best player ever. And I know that kind of does ring true because he's got some goals that are better than he is as a player. But I think it's, we're surely at the point where we can just say Olivier Giroud is a, a fantastic striker. Like he's France's top striker yeah. ever. He was excellent for Chelsea, excellent for Arsenal, excellent for Milan. Like he's just a really good striker, isn't he? Because he's not skillful or fast. Yeah, he's just a good player. Yeah. You don't have to be hyperbolic about it and be like, oh, he's better than Thierry Henry ever. No. Do you know what? He's just a good player. 
And sometimes yeah. you need just good players that are going to do their job. Does he do his job? Yes. Does he yeah. lead the line effectively and allow Mbappe to be able to do the more glamorous side of stuff? Yes. Sound. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm sure Deschamps really enjoys that aspect of his game. And therefore, he'll get picked. And therefore, he will play. And in the midst of that, he's become the, the all-time leading scorer for his country. Well done. Amazing. Yeah. Just a quick break from Stephen Housen to hear from Adam McCullough. He's been chatting about Neymar and whether he gets the respect he deserves for his talents in this generation of football. At this stage in the tournament, you want him to be able to do a one in a million thing. And Brazil, if they got if they got crashed out of the World Cup in the semi-final because Neymar wasn't playing, they'd always rue the fact that what could have been. They're always going to want someone like Neymar in that lineup. Even Germany, when they got smashed by Germany, uh, what seven one in, in Brazil, okay. there's going to be Brazil fans out there that thought if if Neymar had played, even with that same backline, even though Thiago Silva was injured and all that, you know, could we have could we have done something special? Could we have scored early? You know, so I think Neymar gives everyone belief. Um, and I think it, it's what Adam says. I think he is. I think he's right up there for, for the, some of the best players we've ever seen in this generation. Maybe Suarez is ahead of him. Just maybe Bale in that same category. But it's not not many else. And if Neymar does a Bale, one in a million Bale, no thing, no way Bale is ahead of him. Not a chance, Bale. I think it's an argument purely on the. No, no, you know, no, he offers no. more maybe physicality. Offers more. Maybe, I'd tell you about goal record. Oh, um, my head's gone. Peak head Bale no, is better than Neymar. You can't just. My head is gone. <laughs> It's like you said to Flav, like, it's your opinion. I, I, I'm not saying Bale's miles ahead of Neymar. I'd say maybe on his day, Pete Bale on his day versus Pete Neymar yeah. on his day. It's not Hands miles up. off, Adam. You, know, you, Adam you, you can walk around your hotel room and all that, but come on. Adam, Adam's seduced by any player that does a couple of stepovers and he's like, oh, he's world class. Well, it's Anthony. But, he spent 100 million quid on a, on a fidget spinner. So, so they're used to it. <laughs> Didn't need to. Didn't need to do that. Yeah, he just punted down the line. Just got the job done, didn't he? I don't know how Boovie's managed to get Anthony into that, by the way. That was meant to be about Neymar and Bale. Now he's calling Anthony a fidget spinner when they spent £100 million, which is more than we spent on Anthony, on Jack Grealish, whose best quality is being fouled. So at least Anthony can do stuff with the ball. Grealish, just his best trait is getting tripped over, which you know isn't bad if you're sort of a six-year-old in a playground, but otherwise it doesn't really help you win games. Um, but make sure you go and check out Last Fan Standing. Let Boovey know what you think. Let them uh, know what you think and say that Stretford Paddock sent you as well. Is Bale better than Neymar? What a question. Let's talk about some United-specific stuff. So two things. One, Cody Gakpo. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the comments from him talking literally about United in the summer, basically saying, will they come Dangerous back in for me? Who knows? It's kind of, it's bit, like, that's as close as you're ever going to get to saying, will you hurry up and buy me already? Like I've already rejected Leeds once. Yeah. Don't make me do it again. Uh, how, how much do you like Gakpo? Do you think we'll get him? And also, any other hidden gems you've seen at this World Cup? I do like Gakpo. Um, at hidden gems, I'm not sure. Is there anyone stood out that you didn't know necessarily? I mean, maybe Carlo Ramos. Maybe did, just gems. Did a scout report on him in gems. the summer. Yeah, yeah. Did a scout report on him in the summer when his stats from last season were promising but not great. He's come into this season and and he's just hitting fucking numbers. Yeah. Um, and then the performance that we saw. I mean, I don't think people have really deep down understood the pressure that he must have been under. Yeah. We're playing you instead of our all-time greatest player, perhaps one of the all-time greatest players in the world, in a knockout stage. Yeah. And you go and put that performance in, that yeah. kid's got balls. 
So anything that you might have had doubts, oh, he's doing, he's playing in the Portuguese league. No, 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 no. This is a 21-year-old who's just stepped up to the plate, brushed his shoulder off and mm. go, fucking watch this. Yeah. Um, I hope he gets a start again because he's well earned it. Yeah. Um, and he would be one that I would go for because I don't think he would cost you too much. Gakpo's been good and his numbers this season are sensational. Really if United ridiculous. could get them too, um, I mean, the talk of Marcus going worries me a little bit because I think there's probably something in it. Um, but if you were to replace Marcus and Ronaldo with Gakpo and Goncalo, uh, don't think there'd be a lot of people too upset with that. Yeah. Um, see, I, 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 if that's what Ten Hag wants, that would be Yeah, if that's good. what Ten Hag wants, I can, I can see people buying into it. I'd hate to lose Marcus. I just feel like he's one of the few players in the squad where you really just feel like... He's in it for the sort of old-fashioned reasons. Like, he likes Man United. He grew up supporting United. He's just a, the sort of player you want in your squad. There's no doubt to me that he wants the best for Man United. And sometimes you, you can't say that about yeah. every player at United. So that would be shit losing him. No. Yeah, but it's, it's worrying how... how you know, We're talking about Cody Gakpo basically fucking hanging a banner outside his hotel room saying, come and sign me Manchester United. Yeah. The fact that the PSG president literally did, did an interview and was like, "Oh yeah, we're interested in Marcus Rashford." Yeah, and we'll probably talk to him next month. Actually, yeah, actually, like, yeah. if that doesn't set alarm bells ringing, and I hope it's just a bit of contract talk stuff, and uh, I hope there's nothing more to it than that. But um, I could see him playing there. I think they're probably going to lose one of Neymar, Mbappe, or Messi, if not two of them, mm. this window or so in the summer at least. And uh, I think they could do with replacing him. And I think Marcus's reputation on the continent is higher than it actually is amongst United fans. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me. I, if he goes, he's not going Bournemouth. I, no. I think PSG is where he's going to end up, somewhere like that. I wouldn't go to Barcelona if I was him. No. I think they're an absolute fucking ticking time bomb at the moment. I don't think he goes to Real Madrid anyway. And uh, if you look at the other options, where would you go? Dortmund maybe, but that feels like a step down. Yeah. Bayern, don't think they're making that call. It's probably Paris if you're gonna go anywhere. But I think, I think the the chances of Marcus going there are probably only twenty percent. Yeah, I'm just talking about him because that's what we're talking about. I think it's probably more more than it's probably eighty percent or more that he just signs a new deal and stays at United. Yeah, just looking at those quotes then, for anyone who hasn't seen them, this was um, uh, Nasser Al-Khalifa, who's the president of PSG, said, talking about Rashford, he's another player that's really amazing, and for free, we have to um, have Rashford for free, every club would run after him, definitely, we're not hiding it, we spoke before, there was interest, but the moment was not a good moment for both sides, maybe summer, why not? Today, if he's a free agent, of course we can talk to him directly, but we are not going to talk to him now, let's focus on the World Cup then after, in January, hopefully, if we're interested, we will talk to him now I think he's got a one-year optional extension for next year hasn't he his, his full contract doesn't run out this summer if United don't want it to is that right yes yeah so that's like so it's an extension which there is a 300% chance yeah. that that gets activated <laughs> yeah absolutely no way that we're letting that just sort of run out and then oh shit we could have had him for another year um did you see this Louis van Gaal thing by the way that apparently on his phone, some journalist who works for the Telegraph in Holland, that, that sort of, you know, the quite reputable. Apparently, Louis van Gaal left his phone in a toilet and someone looked at his phone and it had missed calls from Man United on. <laughs> have you seen that story? Um, have you got, so he's just got someone at United saved as Man United. It just says, yeah, it just says Man U on the, on the thing. <laughs> it, was, it was reported in a reputable source, wasn't it, Ethan? 
It was the Daily Mail. I mean, I say reputable. It was the Daily Mail, but they were reporting someone else. It wasn't like some blog or like a tweet. It was someone saying, we saw Lou Van Gaal's phone and it just said, miss call Man United. And everyone was like, it's got to be for Gakpo. It's got to be for Gakpo. I love that. Why would we bring in for Gakpo? He fucking hates us now. Have you not That's seen some true. of the shitty chats about us? Literally going to Lou Van Gaal would be the worst idea ever. It'd be like asking your ex-missus to, to review you on TripAdvisor or something. Yeah. Like, it's not going to go well for you, bro. No, that's true. Yeah, can, yeah. bringing up your ex and going, can I have a reference for this new person I'm dating? Can I still get a reference sorted? Probably not. Um, the United players at the World Cup, um, like you said, you're supporting United at the World Cup rather than supporting a country. We're going to win a World Cup, mate. Who's, in, who's impressed you the most? Who do you think is, is, is likely to come back? Out of United players? Yeah. Who's tearing it up 2023 style? I'm annoyed at how little I've seen um, Martinez. Mm. I'm like irritated by how yeah. little I've fucking seen of, of Martinez. But I am pretty impressed with Casemiro. I mean, he's been texting while he's been playing. It's been so easy for him. Mm. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I think if I had to say who's going to be bringing it back to Old Trafford, it'd probably be Casemiro and Fred. But... Majorly Casemiro. Yeah. It's mad with Casemiro and it like there's certain players that I know statistically you look at his stats, they are very impressive. Defensive stats, interceptions, all that stuff, tackling is is genuinely world class anyway. But he's got this thing where like his ability to predict when to make his move to block a ball or to close a player down, his timing is like supernaturally good. Like I don't know if he does it when they've seen uh, him run yet. I don't know if he can run. I don't think he can. I don't, he don't need to. He's just, he's just like, oh, I'll stop you there, I'll stop you there. Like, it's like almost like when they're about to, when their foot is moving toward the ball to take a touch to dribble. That's when he like, his brain just automatically activates. So they've got the longest time before their next touch. And he's just like, it's unbelievable. A player looks like they've got loads of space. And next thing, Casemiro's just tackled him and they haven't managed to pass around him somehow. It's a genuinely unbelievable like instinct that he has for when to close players down. He's just so yeah. good, isn't he? I was on the front row the other day. Um, I was on the front row for uh, the Portugal game, uh, yeah. right behind the goal, which wasn't a great view, actually. It was it was a bit too close. Um, but I was only about five rows back for the Brazil game the other day, and it was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like, there was the, the up, back, and through goal that they scored. Was it Richarlison's? Yeah, I um, saw your video of that. Ridiculous. fucking... Yeah, I mean, there's some goals in there that you see on TV and you go, yeah, it's a pretty good goal. But being there, seeing the speed and accuracy of the passes, I mean, they were 20 feet away. Mm. Like, I was just like, fuck it. I mean, obviously, I see a lot of football up close. But seeing that quality of that football that close. Yeah. I mean, I don't even see that at Old Trafford. I'm on tier two at the Stretford end. It's like watching on telly anyway. Yeah. Like, being as close as we was there, was fucking, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And I, I'm, is it? Is my ambition to just keep getting in the mixer with whichever group of fans I can find, except the English fucking boring knobheads. I saw you were uh, going round to the, the Senegal fans. You spotted them. Did you just, did you just go around the edge of the stadium? How did you get in there with them? Um, I've got a media pass. <clears throat> it means 
nothing. It means I get access to the media center in the center of Doha. That's technically all it gives me access to. Really? Uh, and the fan festivals, which are shit, if I'm being honest. Right. They're, they're, they're fucking terrible. Um, there's just no vibe in them whatsoever. And it, they're, they're just shit. But a lot of people, like, so I, I take it with me when I go to the game because they're not letting you take a camera in. So my GoPro is very small. It's funny because people always go to me, oh, watch the game, don't watch it through your finger. In fact, I'll go grab it and show you how small it is. Okay. So Steve's off to get his GoPro. Look at the, he, he, how is he in Patrice Everett's house? I want to know who we heard from before. Leave, leave a thought in the comments of who that was off camera. This is how big no the GoPro idea. is. Yeah. Right? This is how big the GoPro is. And for those who are aware, the GoPro has a really wide field of view. Yeah. So you don't need to be like accurately filming what you're filming. So when something happens, there's a button on the side here. I just fucking press the button like, and keep watching the game. Yeah. And then if something happens, something happens. Like it's, you know, it's, it's turning itself on here now. So like, boom, there yeah. we go. And I'm just watching the game. And then if something happens, something happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I record like 30, 40, 50 clips of that throughout the game, whenever I think something might be happening. And I'm not looking at my, you know, no. people think you're doing it on a phone. It's like, like, it's very easy just to fucking hold this. Yeah, you don't have to do any of that. And just, yeah, so I'm watching a game. Um, but yeah, getting get some of the reactions that we've got, put my uh, media pass on. And, uh, oh, that was what I was saying. The, um, the camera. You're not allowed to take it in. But I show my media pass and they kind of go, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then just let me in. Um, so that's why I've been taking my media pass in. And then when I've I've gone to go and get in the ends, obviously my ticket is for a certain section. And they're actually a bit strict with you. Where's your ticket? So I've been sort of flashing that pass and just going wherever. Um, but yeah, the Senegal fans are fucking wicked. Yeah. Um, I, try, I, I actually failed. Um, getting in with the Brazil fans. I feel like it was like a Brazil official supporters club, maybe, or something. Oh, really? I kind of wandered into the middle of, and a guy was just like, just got in the way and made it very clear I wasn't coming down the stairs. I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, you tried. That's all you can ask. You can't always, you can't always succeed, but you can definitely try. I think that's, that's, that's oh, really good, yeah, isn't it? It was, it was amazing with the North, uh, well, sorry, South Korean fans. <laughs> One North fell off the tongue there. They were in the last World Cup. Um, yeah, that's true. And they won yeah. it, I think. Yeah, they did. They won it. And Conte they did concede a goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it, it's, been, uh, it's been fucking brilliant. And uh, Someone commented on my Instagram yesterday saying, oh, I love how you've been going getting in the mix with people. Like, Why wouldn't you? Yeah. When but, else am I going to get the, the chance to go and fucking dive in with all these like Senegalese ultras yeah. uh, and fucking dance around for a game? Like, why would you not do that? Especially Why would you when take the opportunities that? you're not that big, in, well, you're not really an England fan. Like you're not like I'm leaving my mates. I'm you're not there with loads of England fans, are you? You're there to soak up, soak it all up. Have you been to a World Cup before? Have you ever been to any World Cup games? No, uh, I've been to Euros when it was in England, Euro '96, yeah. Um, and that I think we had Germany, Italy. I want to say Czech Republic game, but I feel like that might have been a knockout game. Czech Republic or Croatia, Germany, Italy, Czech Republic, Croatia. It's like those sort of yeah. teams were playing at Old Trafford. Um, so I watched all the games that was on at Old Trafford. I think we had three group games. and I think we had a quarterfinal or a second round of a game as well. So I watched all the games that was at Old Trafford for it. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's the only tournament um, football that I've been to. Been to some Nations League games, been to a lot of fucking friendlies. Bought a piss out of me. Yeah. 
Pretty good though, isn't it? Yeah, it, this World Cup's been good. Does it feel well, like I, a I World like Cup World out there? Does it feel like, because you know, normally, I, I don't know if it's because it's, it doesn't exist or because of the way the media's covered it with all the other stuff going on that they've not really shown the kind of like fan party, look how fun this World Cup is atmosphere in, in, in Qatar. Is that happening or is it, and we're not seeing it, or is it just not really the same kind of vibe that we saw you know, no, it's in not really previous happening. World Cups? Is it not? No, it's not really happening. The the fan, like I said, the fan parks, you might have maybe experienced it for the opening ceremony, but 80,000 turned up to a place that only holds 40. So I was one of the ones that got left outside, um, stood around for an hour, and I was like, so, so we're going home then? Yeah, all right, okay, cool. Right. Um, so there hasn't really been anywhere to go and do that sort of thing. The no alcohol things, I think the British press are making an enormous deal about the no alcohol thing, but it's not that big a deal. No. Um, and I saw someone say like, oh, the, the hospitality gaffs, are, I've got it, and they're 18,000 pound a seat. Well, they're not. I've been in hospitality twice since I've been here. They're not 18 grand. They're not even a 10th of that. Yeah. In fact, they might even be a, not even a 20th of that, I would say actually. So like, in fact, I don't know. I'm going to throw another fraction out there, that I can, but they're just not 18 fucking grand. <laughs> yeah, of they course are. they're not. So um, you can get beers if you want beers. You know, the the nightclubs, the only annoyance of the nightclubs is they stop serving alcohol at two and yeah. they're closed for free. That's not a massive drama in the grand scheme of things. No. The only time that becomes a drama is the games finish at midnight and it takes you a fucking hour to get away from the stadium and yeah. then maybe an hour to get into the gaff. So you, you kind of can't go out after them. The thing but is though, like you got, the day, you got in London and, and most of the place is shut by two. Like, I don't know why. It seems like Manchester in the north is like, yeah, you can get out anywhere at 7 a.m. You go in Soho in London, <laughs> nowhere sell, no shops sell alcohol. There are no like, off-lights off open at all in London, certainly in that part of London. And everywhere shuts at 1. You're like, I thought this was meant to be like the capital of England. Like, so I think 2 a.m. is more than reasonable. I think the thing that people... The, the, the only real like, oh, you can't... Yeah, go on. You can't walk around with a beer and stuff like that, but try doing that in Manchester outside of like Pride or something like that and see what happens. Yeah, no, it's it's. You just oh, walk around with a bottle of rum in town. Someone's going to tap you on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's a lot of it got blown out of proportion. I think it was the 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 way they changed it like two days before the event started. That was like, if they're pulling back on this, what else can they sort of pull back on? I think the fact that a country that is predominantly Muslim has decided actually we don't really want you drinking at, at sporting events to me isn't particularly a big deal. I think it, a lot was made of that when it isn't really uh, that massive a deal. Yeah. Who who's winning the World Cup? Who did you think was going to win before and who do you think is going to win now? My initial one was Brazil. Yeah. Then when I did my prediction video, I said Argentina. Mm -hmm. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I, but I was heavily swayed by the fact that Martinez is, is the best player in the world. Um, and the fact that they've not played him. Huge mistake. So I've, I've, I've nudged back over to Brazil, but I think Portugal have been fucking impressive. Mm. I think in, um, a, in a sort of post-Ronaldo world as well, that team looks so much more fluid and just like congruous with each other. It's not a weakness, other. Joe. No, I know. 
I mean, do, do you know, like, no one's even mentioned it, but fucking Delow was quality the other night. Yeah. Yo, know, I'm out here anointing Hakimi as the best right right back in the world, but he's not levels above Delow in terms of the performances he's been putting in this season, at least, yeah. and certainly out here. Um, Delow's been fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? They're, they're probably their biggest weakness is, is Pepe because of his age, mostly. What is he, 39? But he's been excellent. But he's not, no one's got him. No. That that would be the one thing with Portugal. No one would get him, but yeah. no one has. Yeah, that's the one thing with them. You've not. I mean, I suppose you could say the same about a lot of teams. Seeing them against other good teams, it's only really um, Germany and Spain where you've gone right. These are two proper heavyweights here, and now they're both out. Um, but Portugal haven't really been tested. I know they played Uruguay, but it's an Asian Uruguay team. France have had it pretty easy, and they still lost a game. England the same. Uruguay it's, was shit. That's not it, right? Yeah, they were shit. Um, Weird though, Uruguay and Qatar have got a similar population, and yet Uruguay have got some absolutely world-class players, or have had loads of world-class players. It's mad how much they've overachieved. They won two World Cups as well, in the Uruguay. It's like yeah, three million. Was it both? Was it both in the first couple of years of it though, or the first couple of instances of it? Uh, yeah, I think so. They won it like I think they won the first World Cup. I'll have a look, but I'm pretty. Sure. But even so, like the amount of world world-class players they've had when they're the size of Wales or Qatar. It's like three and a half million people live in Uruguay. It is mad that, isn't it? How much that, how well they've done down the years. Yeah, someone sent me something the other day actually, because I was like, you know, football's a minority sport in America, in uh, Australia, and they was like, mm, yeah, no, it's not actually. And here's another one for you: uh, How many kids do you think play football in England versus the United States of America? Um. Well, obviously, how many? This what sixty-eight million people in England. Let's say a quarter of them are kids, and let's say half of them play football. So um, the math is not going to line up here. But let's say eight million kids in England play football, and in America, it's got to be the similar or more. F 10, 15 million? Hell of a guess because it? it's actually um, it's actually six point eight million in England. Yeah, and just over eight in the United States, yeah, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's mad that. And and I believe on that note, Stephen Housen's <laughs> battery may have gone. He's still on. there, Steve, in the dark. Yeah, I'm still here. I'll put you on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. There we go. Look at that. We, we, we're still rolling. Look at this. We make do. Um, how is there not a studio in Patrice Everest's house? That's what I want to know. I'd have thought he'd have had a full <laughs> setup. Full being sports setup. Today's podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Mm. Now, HelloFresh is a meal subscription mm. service that offers fresh, premium quality meals. There are loads of different recipes to choose from. And yeah. what I like about it is even someone like myself, who's a bit of a basic cook at best, can make these cordon bleu meals, oh. can make these premium quality, delicious meals. We're based in the city center, and you know yeah. what it's like. It's easy just to get a takeaway on the way home or just to ring some open gate delivered, but this gives you the opportunity to get your recipes sent out, mm. get your meals sent out, get your ingredients sent out, and then cook yourself something nice. What's great as well, when they send you the recipe cards and the other different recipes, yeah. they'll let you know like this is easy difficulty level, this is medium, this is a little bit more difficult, but it's all doable, yeah. because even someone like myself can do it. I've been cooking some steak meals mm. for, uh, for 
myself and my, my lady so friend into these steaks. I know, here, I so, am. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm really enjoying it as well because there's a sense of achievement <laughs> yeah. when you've actually cooked a nice meal yeah. and you can sit down. And you think, you know, I'll put a bit of time into this. I put a bit of effort, and it, it sort of the meal looks like it's one of those where you think That's, that must have been really That's awesome. Restaurant that together, and you think actually it's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> I had the uh, I've rested all the heavy lifting for me. I had the prawn poke bowl, yeah. which nice. was sensational. Yeah. Also, my flatmate, he's been getting in on the veggie stuff because he's a vegetarian, so you can have it customized and tailored depending on your dietary needs yeah. on any requirements that you have and they're all sensational like you said if you're a basic cook an entry-level cook you can get the stuff that, that suits that if you're someone that likes to challenge yourself try new things go for the sort of slightly more audacious recipes there's plenty of stuff to suit you as well to get involved all you have to do is click the link in the description and use the code stretford60 to get 60 percent off your first box and 25 percent off for two months using the code, again, STRETFORD60. That is 60% off your first box and 25% off for two months using the code STRETFORD60. Go and check it out. Yeah, so at some point, you would think America's going to sort of take over a little bit, wouldn't you? Because they've got so many people and they're just... Most sports that they dedicate themselves to, they are pretty good. Like, look at the Olympics. They absolutely dominate, don't they? From a facilities point of view as well, they absolutely embarrass us. And yeah. here's the problem. Um, Paddock have been finding this last few weeks. We play on a 3G. So we have a consistent style of play. We play on a 3G, we train on a 3G, and, and we can trust how we're going to play. Yeah. We went to a stadium last weekend for a match. And in the summer, it's because I had a look at the place. In the summer, it looks beautiful. It's a beautiful lawn. It's a carpet. But in December, Joe, <laughs> that is not a nice pitch. <laughs> and... Um, yeah. And it cuts up and the pitches influence the style of play. Yeah. Now, America's known for being very, very open and, uh, and into sort of artificial turfs. They're everywhere. And my personal belief is that I prefer grass. And I think at the top level, if you've got the luxury of being able to have grass, then have grass. Like Old Trafford should be grass. Yeah. But for, for smaller clubs and for academies and for grassroots teams, having an artificial pitch, having a 4G pitch enables you to use that eight to 10 hours a day. Whereas yeah. a grass pitch needs to be used once every two weeks for two hours yeah. and then don't fucking touch, don't even look at it. Right. Yeah. Whereas an artificial pitch, you can make it a home base, you can train on it and players can actually develop some skills because for six months of the year, football in Britain played on grass, played in mud, you're not learning how to play football. You're not developing people that can go and, and, and be technically brilliant. Mm. You're literally just teaching people how to boot it into the channel and then kick it in the net that hard. That's what you're doing. You're not developing skills. You're not developing the, the fundamental things that are required to be a top-level footballer. Yeah. So when you look at the way Americans treat sport and how serious they treat sport and how it's woven into education and the competitiveness is there as well, the yeah. FA almost take winning out of fucking football in the UK at, at, at junior level. And then you look at the facilities, yeah, I, I would say you, you, you'd be a fucking idiot if you think that, or you'd be very arrogant mm. to think that England is going to continue to produce, I'm sure it will, in isolated pockets, but there could be a, a stage in a very, very near future. The only thing that will hold them back is that the, the, and actually, I was thinking about this not long ago, actually, when you, it's so hard to get into the Premier League as a, 
a, let's say a teenage homegrown player that you're 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 not getting those minutes in a, a volume enough in enough volume for the national team to be able to produce enough players to make a competitive national team. It was Brazil I was thinking about. I was thinking, oh, the Brazilian league shit in it on the grand, in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, but it's probably somewhere in the region of 90 plus percent Brazilian that's played yeah. in it, which means that they've got an avenue to be able to play top flight football before they move then into Europe. And, yeah. and Holland has the same sort of thing. Italy for a while had a, a restriction on foreign players, which blossomed their national team again germany for a while had you know significant numbers of uh germans playing in in the german league england needs to either have some sort of homegrown quote and it's, it's not about whether they're english or whatever it's more the fact that they're trained at the club like ganacho an academy player pogba an academy player you know what i mean yeah but there's from an, a national team perspective there needs to be some sort of initiative i don't know if you could maybe increase payments to championship teams for the more homegrown players they play because i think that the championship is a phenomenal league look at jude bellingham you come through playing in that league yeah. it, it sets you up to play wherever because it's one of the hardest leagues uh in the world i, I just think when you've got all of the factors that are at play the fact that the premier league is just going best players best players best players best players and there's six or eight teams that are elite within one league that only one gets to win in that league as well, which means that there's more and more pressure. There's never a, an opportunity for youngsters to be played. You look at the average age of Premier League players making their debut, it's 23, which is why they raised the under 21 age to under 23s, which is yeah. fucking backwards in my opinion. That's the wrong way to go about uh, developing your players. When you look at the average age of, of like Eredivis and, and others, it is a, hell of a lot younger which means that players are getting opportunities more in these leagues and actually the way the mls draft system works and and the way that they're trying to create their own homegrown sort of player network i honestly would not be surprised in the slightest if you see america start to chop down england uh, in terms of uh national team yeah <clears throat> it makes sense and the only, the one thing that i think would hold america back and i want to go back to another point you've made after this um is i think that it's going to take so long for America to sort of penetrate that baseball, basketball, football popularity thing. I think you're, the best athletes, I know football isn't quite as much about height and strength as, as some other sports in America, but getting the best athletes to play football might be a bit tricky over there because it doesn't have that prestige and the glamour and the money that you know basketball or NFL has. Just back to a point you made there about the, the pitches. How much of that in terms of the weather... And basically just the sort of, you know, how far from the equator you are. How much of that do you think has affected the ability or the play style of those leagues over the last sort of 50 to 100 years? Because if you look at Spain, where the weather is much warmer, it's much less boggy. In winter, it's much less, you're not getting those. Basically, most of the games I played as a kid were in sort of ankle high mud, like you said, between November and, and April. It's all just mud. And basically the end of the season because the pitches never recover from the winter. So you're playing a lot of the season in, in, in shit. Whereas in Spain, a pitch might be uneven, but you're not going to get... It's going to stay dry at least. You can still pass the ball on the floor. How much of that do you think has influenced you know, countries' play styles over the last sort of 50, 60 years? I've, I've never thought about that before. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Johan Cruyff and uh, Rinus Mikkels are the mad reason that Spain plays the football that it played. Spain was previously known as La La Furia Rocca, which is the Red Fury, because they played a very English style of play, very aggressive, very direct, up until like the 70s. And when they started to try and bring in passing football on the back of what Cruyff and and, what Barcelona were doing, people saw their ass in a big way, really didn't like it. Um, now it's known as Spain's identity that they are a passing team. And, and if you look at some of the stats from the World Cup, it's a fucking joke um, yeah. in terms of how much they've passed it. Um, but I think that sort of stuff's only really come about a lot more lately. Because you think okay. prior to artificial pitches, even in Spain, some of those pitches might have just been very dry, dusty sandboxes. Yeah. Um, so it's still a bad pitch, but it's a bad pitch in a different way. Yeah. So I think facilities is actually the biggest asset America has got. I agree on the athletes leaning towards football and, and basketball and possibly even baseball because of the money involved. Yeah. But in terms of the facilities, um, and obviously when you're talking about athletes, Americans very much focus on the, the power and size of their athletes. Baseball, weirdly, is like a power sport. Um, basketball is very much a power sport. Football is literally a power sport. Whereas, actually, there's a lot of technical players that America is producing. Um, look at Pulisic, etc. Yeah. Like, not big, not exactly, you know, athletically blessed, no. but technically gifted. And that was what made the Spain side good. So, um, when you, and then you look further afield, some of the African nations uh, have had good performances and Morocco couldn't even go further than they currently are in this world cup. And then you've mm. got the likes of um, the, the far East nations, you know, Japan come and, and put on some brilliant technical football without any real superstars in that team. North uh, fucking done it again. South Korea um, come and put some serious technical football display. And, you know, a lot of those players are going to probably move on like Kim Min Jae, Hell of a footballer, obviously human son. Every time he got the ball, people were just losing their mind. Um, but there's human son's a fucking serious, serious footballer. Yeah. Like there's more of those in some of these nations to be uncovered. Um, so I think that you're seeing in Australia, we talked about the fact that actually football is the number one sport played in Australia. I think that's a lot to do with kids, but you know, people are gonna catch up. England cannot sleep on the fact that football was basically invented here and and the Premier League is the best league in the world. Yeah, cool, but what percentage of the players that are playing in the Premier League are eligible for the England national team? Yeah. And and, and an, another, another point in that is what percentage of the players that are in the Premier League are eligible for other national teams uh, or who were born in England are eligible for other national teams? Because you look at Morocco's team as an example, Ziyech, Hakimi, Bufal, Mazraoui, Amrabat, probably five of their best players in this tournament. None of them were born in Morocco, but that is that is the, uh, uh, something that a lot of nations are doing now where you think, right, well, you know, you were born in Spain or you were born in France and you, you might not be quite good enough for that team yet, or maybe you will be in a few years, but we'll give you the chance now because of your heritage, come play for us. And now look at them, they're in a quarterfinal, yeah. I think, you know, they didn't make many chances against Spain, but they were so good defensively that they deserved to beat them, I think. You know, Spain created nothing. Yeah, and- 
And and you got to We're deal with that England. as well in the future. Yeah. You're talking about England struggling, but honestly, where the fuck are Wales going to be? Where the yeah. fuck are Ireland going to be? Where the fuck are Scotland going to be? Those are countries that should be fucking worried. Mm. England will probably be all right because there's always going to be um, the facilities, the coaches, and the desire to bring through homegrown players at the big clubs in England. Um, but when there isn't that infrastructure and that desire uh, and those clubs that are you know, uh, playing at the top table in the Champions League in Scotland, in Ireland, in Wales, you, know, you rely on Swansea to produce every fucking academy player in, in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> like, no pressure, lads. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Um, just on, like we're talking about the money there quickly, I just saw this guy two days ago, Aaron Judge, has signed a $360 million nine-year contract with the New York Yankees, which works out $40 million a year, which is on current uh, exchange rate, £32.6 million a year, which is more than Ronaldo is on at Man United. <laughs> like, it's what, like, Messi is on at PSG. It's, uh, it's about 650 grand a week, um, which is just astonishing. That's pounds as well. So when we talk about getting um, American football players or football players in America, you do have to contend with that lifestyle at the minute, but at some point that'll change, I'm sure. Right, what you got on for the rest of the day then? Yeah. It, um, as a Met man, that's got a boxing gym out here. Um, so just for the vlog, go and yeah. see him. See what's going on at that gym, maybe. Might do a bit of shopping. And it it feels so weird to say. I mean, it probably doesn't feel the guys back at home, but I got some Christmas shopping to do. So yeah. <laughs> walking around in shorts. I mean, sweating my bollocks off doing Christmas shopping. I usually Google like Christmas sale or like sale. Shopping in Dubai for, for your Christmas shopping is about as bougie and I don't care about the price as it gets in it. There's not many discounts in Dubai, is there, surely? Of all the places you if could have any. chosen. <laughs> Everything's yeah, got a premium any. on it. I was on the phone to my mum this morning and I was like, what can I get you and my dad for Christmas? And she was like, oh, don't get us anything. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that, am I, for starters? And she was like, they've got a bar, they've got a, like a summer house in the garden, so they've got like a bar built in it. Yeah. She's like, don't buy us any booze, we've got too much. And I was like, right, that is hard work anyway out here. So it wasn't going to be that. Do you want a handbag? Like, Yeah. <laughs> it costs £30,000. Would you like a little keyring of the Burj Khalifa? Because I can get you one of those each. That's only going to be about <laughs> 20 quid. <laughs> Would you like a magnet to go or on the fridge in the camel? bar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How was riding the camel? Um, that episode, when it comes out, is going to look like a Top Gear or League of Gentlemen style episode. It, I was... I've got stomachache from laughing. It was so really? fucking funny. Not, I mean, not to be a, but we looked at horse riding once, and there was weight limit issues. What is the is a camel slightly more robust than your average horse? Must be. Also, <laughs> not as heavy now, Joe. That is a good point. How much do you weigh now? We must weigh about the same. Uh, I am about. Well, I didn't. I weighed myself about eight, nine days ago. Yeah. I feel like I've lost a little bit more since then as well, and I was two thirty-seven. Wow. And pooned. It's all coming off, isn't it? I've still got a few pound on you. Don't worry about it. Um, right. Thank you very much for joining us today. I, I, the comments are going to be going wild with who that mystery person in the background of the uh, of the video was for a minute there. I've got my guesses. I've got my suspicions. But I like that you can't say. <laughs> I love it. Um, right. When are you back? That's what I need to know. 21st. We've got some more. We've got some more remote videos coming then. That's good. Gets, let's see what you get. You got to bring United us... play when? 22nd. Are you, are you going to it? 
No, I can't do Thursdays. Janine's working. So um, I'll be watching from home. Because honestly, as well, I imagine I don't think we're going to be able to handle the cold. <laughs> so, no. no, probably not. You're in front be... of the fire for Stevie, I think. It's proper freezing as well. Right. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for joining us at home. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. And again, we are going to Dublin on the 30th of December. Steve will be there still with his new coat that he's got from Dubai that's not thick enough because it's juice, it's used to the warm weather. We'll be there with Brian McClare, Adam McCola, J. Marty Steve and myself. Make sure you check out the tickets. The links to those is in the description. Thank you, Steve, for coming on. This has been The Brew and we'll see you in a bit. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.